world's gone crazy. And we're just trying to keep up. Bob and Zip. So we're a little strange tonight because, uh, well, a couple of things. We have Spike, but his air conditioner's blasting. We have Zip. <laughs> Say hi, Zip. Hello. Hi, Zip. All right. We'll hear from him again in a half hour when we ask him to comment on something. <laughs> we also are going to have Ed uh, shortly, but Ed texted me just a few minutes ago. Um, he said that he has just been booked for a spot for the Olympics. Which is great. I yes. know. I heard about that this morning, actually. Is that where he goes, hello, 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 hello. <laughs> No. Maybe he should because there's a lot of controversy over whether the Olympics should be canceled. But apparently Japan signed a, we have no authority to cancel it. And it's the Olympic Committee that decides. And they're going to have it. They, you know. Well, from care. what I understand, everybody signs that same agreement. Host cities never have the option of pulling the games. There you go. It's always the IOC. They're all going to be wearing MOGA hats, make Olympics great again hats. It'll be fun. <laughs> I think it's MOSO, make, make Olympics safe again. Well, that's your hat, dude. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that's happening. And he's doing spots for Nike, which has got to be a, a huge get for him. So we're very excited for him. But um, he'll be joining us Nike in a couple Nike paid $1.50 a day. That's how silly. Oh, no, that, that's voice. what they pay the people who make the shoes. Oh, so it's oh. different for voice guys. I yeah. got you. Yeah. You, 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 you. <laughs> I'd love to see your closet. What's in your closet? I don't, I don't think I own a pair of Nikes, to be completely honest with you. And that says what about you as a, a global nationalist? Is that but a political decision to not to own a Nike or a simply laziness? I think I own Adidas, which I, I'm not sure. Where. I think they're <clears> made in Germany, maybe. I don't even know. Probably North Korea, where everything's made. Yeah. yeah. In other words, we all have stuff that's made oh, by, elsewhere, yeah. by slave labor. Can I we just a mega hat made in China. That's great. Yeah. Can we call it slave labor, or is that just... Uh... <laughs> it's, not, it's technically not slave, slave labor. It's yeah. actually some of the best-paying jobs in those regions. In what regions? are happy to have them. Where, where they work. Uh-huh. When some, when, when how a, when how, are, how in, are the safety regulations? How's the health care? Better than the people who don't have that job. <laughs> <laughs> you are a spokesman for the natural gas industry. Now. I am, I can my just friend. Hear I have become a global citizen. <laughs> you have. Okay. It was funny that uh, Juneteenth, you know, all that talk about the end of slavery. And I've been saying for years, we didn't end slavery. We shipped it overseas so that we didn't have That's to right. look at it. We, all, we so, offshored that. And for the same reason, we don't butcher our own meat in the backyard. I don't want to right. stick a prod in a pig's head, kill it, no, and drain the blood. I, I would rather have someone else do that. We watch Charlotte's Web around here, man, yeah. and eat bacon. Those are, hard, those are hard worlds to put together. You know? Exactly. <laughs> uh, so, also to, so Ed will join us shortly, and then also tonight uh, we will have Rob Barnett. Now, to listeners of this show... You may not know who Rob Barnett is. You will by the end of the night. But he was instrumental in all of our careers. And um, he's written a book that's all about getting a great job. Next job, best job. And, uh, but that's not really why. I mean, we're going to plug his book, of course. Uh, but he's had a, such a fascinating career and done so much that you don't know about uh, that we'll have some great stories with Rob Barnett. Rob is coming up a little bit. Uh, he created a, an internet website called My Damn Channel. Some of you may have heard of that. Uh, Which was before its time, I must say. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It really was. If it was, if it was uh, at its time, um, you know, it would be like Netflix. 
It was before Amazon and Netflix got into uh, creating new original material. Yeah. yeah. So, all right, we'll have uh, we'll have him on in just a bit. Meantime, uh, Spike has a story. I have a story. Zip, do you have a story? We'll let you go first. Uh, <laughs> don't sandbag me. You guys start. I'll come up with Seriously, something. Seriously, yeah. come up with something on the fly. So the idea of <laughs> <laughs> the talent does, Bob. Yeah, the idea of sandbagging you is asking you to say anything. That's sandbagging. Don't stop. <laughs> oh man, what is going on with you, Zip? Seriously. Uh, well, actually, you know, I was in the middle of watching the, uh, uh, what is it, the mayor of Easttown? Mayor of Easttown, East yes. Town. Yes. She's and not I the was, mayor. Her name is Mayor. No, Mayor. <laughs> mayor, yes. M-A-R-E. And I was 15 minutes in, from the final episode, so wow. don't tell me anything. I've, you know, she already, the two girls were released, and now it's in the last episode. Oh, That's okay. where I'm at, so. Uh, it's, it's a pretty good show. I don't think it's, like, great, great, except that Kate Winslet totally carries it. So. She is off the charts. Yeah. Talented Astounding. Have you wow. seen it, Spike? I have not, but oh. I've had, I told you I've had a crush on her since the Titanic went down. Okay. Well, this you. would be like if you had a crush on someone in high school and you went back and you went, oh. Wow. You put on some weight. <laughs> some high mileage. Really I wasn't going to say the weight part. Go, haven't you? It's yeah. politically correct for me to just quote her where she said, I'm, tr- I'm no longer trying to hang on to unattainable physical attributes. Nice. In other words, much like who was the other girl who was in Spider Man who did a, a really cool series? I think it was on either Netflix or HBO where she um, works for one of these pyramid marketing companies. She was the hot, hot babe in Spider Man. Come on, you know the you know the actress I'm talking about. Spider-Man. Well, there's Kirsten Dunst. Yes. Okay. She did. She also did a show in the last couple of years where she's like, "Yeah, I'm not your I'm not your daughter's Kirsten Dunst." Yeah. And she was awesome. Time. It's yeah. a bitch. Yeah. yeah. Well, I like that because as we yeah. get older, as I look in the mirror, uh, I uh, and Zip loves to talk about getting older, so this is kind of his topic. But as I look in the mirror, I go, man, who'd have thunk? Yeah. I'd be 65. Thunk being the operative word, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, all right, Zip. Well, I'm glad you're watching. That's why, I bought, that's why I bought a fun house mirror, Bob. Yeah. I just step one foot further back, and I am skinny sure. as a rail, man. It's great. That's Did what you? I think social media is. It's a funhouse mirror. It's whatever you wish mm. it to be. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, that's true. It's what it's you put on. You put on what you want people to see. Okay, exactly. Uh, Spike, you're getting ready to take a road trip with your 17 year old daughter, and before you talk about it, I saw a picture. I think it was Facebook or wherever of you and both your daughters. Maybe it was the Father's Day obligatory yeah. post. Father's Day post, yeah. And um, first of all, um, congratulations on being uh, both a stepdad and a dad. And uh, yeah. the only difference is in the uh, name stepdad because you were a dad uh, to both those girls from, well, one from birth and one from like what, two? No, yeah, well, I, I met Melissa when, when Ryan was about nine months old. Okay, and, so uh, and, and really, we got married when she was two. Yeah, and uh, and may I, I ask how to, I old Ryan is? If it's not, if it's not uh, something we should say out loud, then yeah, she's is. she's a she's a Baskin Robbins plus one. Yeah, twenty nine. I'm no. sorry, I shouldn't have said 30, it out loud. 30, 30, no, I like the way you put it. She'll <laughs> love the way you put it. She's oh, how many flavors? I thought they had twenty eight. Thirty one. They have thirty one flavors. <laughs> 
They should put that on the sign out front. People would know more. You know, they would do <laughs> they better, do. I think. Well, yeah. so <laughs> come on, Gramps. Get with the program. Yeah. So it's sweet that you want to say she's 29. She'll love that. She'll right. really appreciate that. Tell her I said that. that. It's, hard, it's hard to picture her. I mean, she was a toddler when I yeah. met her, so it's hard to picture her as anything but 14 maybe at the most. And right. now you have a 17-year-old daughter. Uh, and and you, are you driving? Where are you going? Did you say Arizona? Yeah. So the deal is, you know, my, my father-in-law, um, my, my wife's dad is just, you, you've met RL. We, we climbed Mount St. Helens with RL Butler. That's right. That's and, right. Uh, he's, he's an amazing, amazing man, but he's, he's 83 now. And he's just, he's just kind of, I don't want to say he's one cause I'm going to knock wood here, but he's, uh, coming out of his third fight with cancer and his right. chemo went well and his body's re- recovering beautifully. His his blood count and platelets and everything else is doing fantastic. And they're all, even the doctors are surprised at how well he's doing. Excellent. But, uh, he's, he's going to sell his home up here in Washington. They were snowbirds. They would go down to the uh, desert every right. winter. But, uh, when you're that age, your care, um, your geriatric care, your elder care, those folks in Arizona, they know what they're doing. Right. And he lives really close and convenient to his treatments and his doctors and all that. And his house down there is one story as most Arizona buildings are. So it's time for him to sell the home up here in, in Washington and move on down and uh, or stay down. I should say he's been down there for now for three straight years because he didn't come Absolutely. back for the last couple no of years. No reason owning two COVID. homes. Time is yeah. precious. Enjoy it and make your life easier. Is he in Sun City, the Sun City area? He's in, he's in Mesa. He's in Apache Junction, oh, okay. which is uh, east of Mesa. Yep. So yep. are Free you driving area. him down with your daughter? Or no, are... no, no, no. He, he's been down there for... Going on two straight years because he used to come home in the summers, but last year, the year before that, it was the cancer treatments, and then it was COVID. Uh. So he just kind of hunkered down, and we—I mean, I really haven't seen him in over a year. So this and, is uh, your post-COVID visit to your father-in-law. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, well, we're t- we're taking his car down, his his car that he kept in Wenatchee. Got it. You know, okay. he's, we're just going to deliver it down there, and then we're going to fly home. And I'd always promised to do this. You know, whenever he needed something, I was I was there. I told him just ask, and I'll, I'll do what you need done. And uh, now's the time. They're putting their house on the market this week over in Wenatchee, which is about two and a half hours east of Seattle. And Seattle, if you drive two hours east of here over the mountain range, you're in a completely different world than Seattle. Everybody thinks of Seattle. Yeah, they think of Seattle and it's all green and wet and lush. And it is over here on the west side. Over there, you're in high desert and it's canyon land and it's it's beautiful. Mm. It's the Columbia Gorge and it's it's hotter than the devil's butthole. And it's 110 over there every day of the summer. And lately in the is there America, a devil's butthole thermometer? I'd love to buy one of those on Amazon. <laughs> you don't want to smell it. The only thing um, okay. It's bad. It's accurate, but it's bad. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so I, you know, I was I was going to just put the put the pedal down and get down there. I can, I can get down to Arizona in under twenty hours if I tried. Um, but I'm not gonna. I'm gonna take my my little one because my older daughter and I, when she came back from New York, remember last summer. When Ryan left New York after eight years because of COVID, right? I flew to New York City, and Ryan and I drove. You across flew the in the middle together. of COVID, by the way, which I, did, I, yeah. I was not thrilled about. Me, me neither, pal. I was wrapped up like the, the Michelin Man. I was yeah. all bubble wrapped. I had a mask and a face sure. shield, and but now you get to do a real uh, road trip with your seventeen-year-old. Yeah. Who is, uh, yeah. by the way, your seventeen-year-old? It's. Uh, I mean, I know that you're her actual dad. But where did she get all her sensible uh, DNA from? Any idea? Uh, it skips a generation, I found, which is nice. Um, <laughs> I've met her. She's brilliant. Um, Thanks. She's, yeah, she's a savvy kid. Super man. self-aware. Um, she's Thanks. charming. And, and, and this is in, you know, I've only met her a few times very briefly, but I was like, 
Um, let's just put it this game. way. I'm yeah. pleased you had it in you. <laughs> Thanks. Even for three minutes. Yeah. 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 You're a great, <laughs> um, yeah, you're a great dad. Don't get me wrong. You'd be a great dad to anybody. Thanks, uh, but you, you've got one uh, brilliant uh, daughter there, and uh, so, so what's the you know, what's the what's the drama of the road trip? Is it well? Well, before before I move on to the road trip, I, w- I want to say one thing. You know, yes. both a, a happy Father's Day to you, belated. Thank you know, you. I know we just had Father's Day weekend last week, and Zip, I'm not sure of your status, and if if, if it applies, happy if Father's Zip Day. Sort of you. inherited yeah. grand. He has inherited children, and if he has any real children, uh, it's difficult for them to find him. <laughs> <laughs> Thus the nom de plume. He was, a mu- and it still is, a musician, which meant, yeah. you know, late nights. Oh, so it's and pretty damn certain there's people at the office. A lot of people forgot to get his name, and he forgot to get theirs. That's all I'm saying. Right, Zip? Apple oh, C. Johnny. Yeah. Nice to meet you. Yeah. All good. All right, we're going to pause. Uh, coming up next, Rob Barnett. Bob and Zip Show with Rob Barnett has a storied, colorful, amazing career in media that began as a radio program director, and he was one of my early radio programmers, and um, he gave me a lot of good advice that I took years later. <laughs> and, and I watched as he Zip went on. Zip was there. Zip, Zip yeah. witnessed Yes, was I was. Witness. Zip was. And yes, I, went I, on, was. Uh, I, I went on to watch him explode in popularity he uh he was a a, were you the program director of mtv in its heyday uh what was your title use radio terms but there were one of uh i was one of three people who like christians to the lions would do thumbs up (laughs) or thumbs down on every single music video and then like a radio program director i did program the network 24 7 Wow. In its heyday, which yeah. was crazy. Which fun. was crazy. And then you went on, I, I, by the way, I don't know all the details of your career, but I know you worked with VH1 as well. And, you know, we could name drop, but we'd be totally out of time to plug your book. So I'm not going to do that. <laughs> um, and then Rob created a thing called My Damn Channel, which was pre-Amazon Studios and pre-really Netflix explosion. His idea was to create original content on the internet. And it, it, to this day, um, it still has some internet classics uh, that people uh, do talk about. Rob then went on uh, to work for Amazon in their Audible. Uh, I guess, is that a department? That It's a, it's a brand name for their uh, books on tape, right? Well, yeah, Audible was, was created uh, long before they were bought by, by Amazon, but really the audiobook innovator. Okay. So that was a startup that... Uh, Jeff Bezos said, hmm, what can I put in my Whole Foods shopping cart? Oh, I think I'll buy Audible. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever heard the, uh, there's a really funny uh, joke about Jeff Bezos. It's like, he's saying, um, Alexa, pick up some stuff at Whole Foods. And Alexa says, buying Whole Foods. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, to get on to uh, more of Rob, Rob, um, while he was at Audible, did some amazing things with Lewis Black. You did uh, The Rant Is Due. And, and he also worked with the man who is the current president of the United States. Not the one the election was stolen from, the one who, who stole the election. <laughs> um, and, and, and we're talking about uh, President, uh, president Biden, 
who uh, created a book, uh, Promise Me Dad, A Year of Hope, Hardship, and Purpose. And what was your job with uh, President, well, at that time he was, did you call him Joe? <laughs> uh, Mr. Vice President. Vice President. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because well, he yeah, was Mr. But, Vice President. Right, right, right. But, but he had been out of office, and Trump was in the White House that we all owned for almost a year at that point. This right. was late 2017 when he wrote the book to honor his son, Bo. Audible paid him a whole lot of money for a multi-book deal. And truthfully, other than his senator's salary and his VP salary, it was the first time in his life where he got big check. And uh, He was he always got- known as the um, working class senator who didn't make a lot of money, didn't take whatever, however the rest of them make money. Speaking fees. Yeah, yes. didn't take them. No. Right. So so they put me in charge of marketing and said, you got to get, you know, the world to, to buy this audio book. Wow. So on the first day, I said in a meeting, we weren't with him yet. I, I was with my team. I said, well, here's what I'm going to need to do. I'm going to need to lock him in a room with the camera crew for at least four hours. And they said, not possible. And I said, well, then I'm not going to market the book. And they said, oh. we're, audible. we're audible. I don't I don't get it. And I said, yeah, I need to shoot social video because that's going to be the most shareable thing online. And I need him on camera. So, so are you saying he's, he's not going to be the narrator who's reading his book, right? Oh, yes, he did. He, he narrated did do that. that entire book. So this is now after the fact. I'm not the guy creating the audio book. I'm the guy So marketing. what you're saying is I want access to the vice president of the United States in a room to just pull some magic out of him, but I need him for four hours. And that was a yeah, crazy hours. ask, right? Yeah. <laughs> it was a crazy ask yeah. because I had a big agenda. And, and I realized at that moment that it would be possible that within three years, this man could be president of the United States. So I wanted to get everything. Did you also buy I a lot of Bitcoin did. after you had that thought? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I'll, I'll tell you it, it, what we learned in that very first day. Mm. Oh, you, you should know this too. I said, so what are we going to do? I'm talking to his people now. I said, you know, we'll get him a plane. We'll get him a plane ticket. We'll get him what? And they go, oh, no, no, no. He, he's taking the Amtrak to Newark, New Jersey. I said, wow, for for real. Oh, and they goodness. go, yeah, that's what he does. Right. Because you know? right. that's what he did. He was an Amtrak yeah, commuter. Yeah. He's taking the train, you know, no, no frills, no nothing, you know, and he walked in with just a couple of guys. You know, when you're, when you're vice president, ex vice president, there's no secret service. There's nothing. Really? You know, there's just a couple of guys. Hmm. Yeah. Is that because you weren't the pres? They, they just figured That's no, right. no one's going to care. Yeah. Well, you don't get it. You, wow. you don't get it. And and uh, so, you know, on that first day where I did let him go about 30 minutes early, so I had him for three and a half hours. <laughs> three and a half. The, 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 this was not a man who believed he was going to be the president of the United States. That was something that he thought was passed. Right. And, right. you know, it, it, his time had passed. He had gone through immeasurable suffering. And what Whew, he said to yeah. me that day was, you know, if they, meaning the Democratic Party, have a person that they know can win, I'm going to do everything in my power to elect that person. And, uh, you know, so that was his point of view. But then after, I don't know, the first hour or so, 
He looks at me. He goes, Chief, I got to go to the bathroom. So I love that so he called you Chief, by the way. Does he, he called call me Chief. A yeah. lot of people Chief? or uh, I don't know. He called you, me Chief. Yeah. So, so I, I said, uh, I had it planned. You know, I had this big, nice executive bathroom, but it was kind of down the hall. So we're walking down the hall. And the first thing I said to him when we were private, nobody's around. I just had this word. It just came out of me. I said, it's a pendulum, right? And he just looked at me and he said, yes. And wow. then he went into the bathroom. And then I waited outside the bathroom. I sort of felt like I was secret service. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I was really nervous, but I felt protective of him, you know, for yeah. some reason. Now, can I, let me dig yeah. on that. Yeah. When you said it's a pendulum, of course, you were, you were taking three words to ask a really deep question, if I understand you right. You you were taking three words to essentially get him to comment on whether this Trump thing we were going through was going to swing back. And, and you were asking him a whole lot with just those three words. I was, and then I'll tell you why. That was my first question. I waited till after he peed for the second question. Oh, <laughs> and when he when he came out, uh -huh. this was the this was the slightly longer than three word question. I said, "What goes through your mind when you look at the Oval now? What are you thinking?" Oh, and he understood that that and this was a is are you question. still not in front of all of his handlers you're just like no walking no back we're from alone the, we're alone and there's walking a funny back story from the bathroom too you, yeah the, <laughs> so, i'm surprised so they didn't offer you a cia or secret service or fbi job <laughs> well you, there's a there's a kicker on this story i'll get to it in 20 okay. seconds so so i ask him the second question about what it what goes through your mind now when you look at the oval knowing that he'd been in there literally if you believe what they tell you every day with obama there was the two of them and and so he said well it used to be depressing and now it's dangerous <laughs> and Why he does was that make deadly me laugh? serious yeah <laughs> yeah he was he was deadly serious yeah, yeah. so then i walked back down the hall bob and the, and remember he doesn't have secret service but he has guys he's got two or yeah. three guys and they're like where were you and they were really mad at me. Oh. And I said, I, I took him to the bathroom. And they go, you can't just do that. And I said, well, he told me he had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> so I got in trouble. <laughs> what do you want to do? Oh. Oh. Wow. You could have been arrested for letting him take a piss. That's hilarious. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> so, uh, um, and so uh, now his book, of course, we're going to talk about your book, but his book was, um, it was about his son who had passed away, right? Yes, well, it's about many things, but the, the core of the book and what I got to know because we spent three or four more times together over the course of three months or so, I, I really learned a lot from him and I learned that the core message, not just of that book, but really of his whole life and all of his suffering was to turn pain into purpose. And he not only wrote about it in that book, but, you know, talked quite a lot about that on camera as really you know a, a, a philosophy that not just gets him out of bed every day but gets him personally over all of the loss and agony mm. you know that, that he's been through and is there a is there a you boiled that whole Trump thing down to three words. Is there a way you can boil down how you turn? Because you said you were inspired by this and it helped you turn pain into purpose too. Um, 
I should buy the book, but I'm going to buy yours instead, which I'm sure you're not excited about. <laughs> uh, um, can you summarize like the philosophy of how you do that? Well, he spoke specifically about the fact that, well, this was actually beautiful. Uh, I'm remembering this now, and, and I'm going to tell you something that he said that I know was off camera, but I never lie. My mother raised me to never lie. I told my crew that day, when this man walks into the building and we have evidence that he's in the building, you will press record. You will not press stop under any circumstances, <laughs> even if he asks you to stop, unless I tell you to stop, but I'm not going to tell you to stop. Everything has to be recorded. This is history, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So I have not part of a formal interview, but he's standing there. We're just taking a little break and he's just talking to the crew. There's maybe four of us in the room. And he said, there is life after death. And when you lose someone that you love and you take something that you know that person wanted to accomplish and you make that your mission, that's life. That's life after mm. death. It was beautiful, mm. beautiful. I'm getting it almost word for word because yeah. it was so powerful the way he said it. And, and, you, and were, you were, and by the way, um, this whole recording thing, did Putin offer you good money for any of that tech? <laughs> Oh jeez! <laughs> Way to take the wind out. Yeah, wasn't it? What, wasn't it? Wasn't it fun watching just the news coverage the other day? So that you see all these people who have absolutely no expertise in body language, all of a sudden right. acting like they're all body language experts. Right. You know? Well, it's part of the uh, it's part of the uh, pendulum. I call it the seesaw. Uh, yeah, because uh, we're looking for balance. The balance is in the middle, and uh, and the only way to you create balance is to tug, you know, the, I also view politics as kind of like a tug of war over the Grand Canyon, each side thinking if they could just pull the other side into the Grand Canyon, everything would be great. I like that analogy. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, all right. Well, that's a beautiful story. Now, uh, a little more about you. Um, even though this is your first book, Next Job, Best Job, it's actually the second book. Uh, because you were so responsible for marketing and publishing uh, Vice President, now President uh, Joe Biden's book. Uh, what inspired you? Uh, was it the pandemic and all the people put out of work? It was a random call from a literary agent who saw me on LinkedIn and said, <laughs> this is a book. And I, you know, I, 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 I became a headhunter without any game plan whatsoever. I was, after that Audible job, I was stuck out of work for quite a while. And I was being told something that so many people are told. It's the T-O-O problem. You're either too junior, too senior, too yeah. experienced, too overqualified, you name it. But I was getting too effing freaked out. I was, and 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 I I was writing great emails to people that I kind of sort of knew, and I was getting ghosted. It was freaking me out, and I thought, oh my god, like I can't get arrested. Nobody's, you know, where's the next job coming from? So I spontaneously made a video, no notes, no game plan, except in my mind I thought I better keep this short, and I better not bitch and moan too much. But I said, look. 
I am stuck out of work right now, and this is not unique. There's a lot of my closest friends that are in the same problem, but at least maybe we should get our heads together and talk about this because we can't be home. This is ridiculous. You know, we have a lot mm, to right. offer. And I uploaded it on LinkedIn and Facebook at about nine o'clock. Remember in the this, yeah. By the time it got to maybe six or seven o'clock, this one video had 600 comments underneath it, lengthy ones, and about 16,000 views. And it was emotional. What was the title of the video? Do you remember? Yeah, I do. Uh, video number one was called... <laughs> video number one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it had a subtitle. It was video number... Well, because in my mind, I thought, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do a daily thing. But but unlike everyone else in, on earth, and don't get offended, you three lovely men, I <laughs> the first thing that came out of my mouth was... Does the world need another 90-minute podcast? And does it need one from me? I said, <laughs> I think the answer is no. But maybe, I think the first line was something like, maybe just a couple of minutes yeah, each day. Yeah, you do short right? videos. And, and, just a couple of minutes. Yeah. And, and so I called it from And I am offended there. because we're over time now. Thank you very much. <laughs> talking to you, Rob. Oh, that's great. Oh, now that he's got a book coming out, does Rob Barnett need another 90-minute podcast? I think the answer is a resounding yes. Absolutely. Yeah. I keep saying no to yeah. it. So, no, no, no. So you, I, you, you, know, you I, rightly understood, by the way, something that's very huge these days. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's room for everything. I mean, look at TikTok. Does the world need someone else on a skateboard singing three sentences? No, but I'm sitting here in in uh, Malibu with my son, and last night mm -hmm. he sits down with me and shows me TikTok, and I'm like, "That's fucking hilarious! That's awesome!" Yeah. And we, yeah. you know, we spent 15 minutes watching these 10 second clips. So you gotta, you when you did when you started those videos, is you reached out to people, but not preaching to them and not with too much. And you grew your following. And is that where your business came from? Exactly right. It, it was, uh, I, I woke up the second day because of all those views. And I said, well, I better do this again. But, you know, shave and put on a nicer shirt and maybe have a slightly <laughs> better background. Yeah. If 600 people like are going to comment, eventually they're going to talk about what you're wearing. Sure. Well, the first yeah. video, I just look like, you know, I, I look like I'm living on the street, you know. I wonder and, you can't and, get uh, a job, loser. Learn how to dress. <laughs> get a clean shirt. Exactly. So I did maybe eight or nine days in a row. And then my phone was blowing up. You know, and this guy called and said, listen, man, I met you at MTV a hundred years ago. I've been watching these videos. I love what you're doing. And I, I need to hire a chief operating officer for my business. Is that what this is? You're a headhunter, right? And you weren't and went, at the time. Yes. No, I, the, the idea was like, <laughs> yeah. the, the idea was like ballerina yeah. or gym teacher, you know? And, and, and he goes, you're a headhunter. I said, yes. And, <laughs> and then I muted him because this is pre-Zoom. Yeah. So I put in Google search like recruiter, headhunter, commission fee. You know, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm frantically getting a master's degree. How much in, should I charge? Yeah. 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 And then he asked me like, how does it work, Rob? And I start giving him the answers. <laughs> reading off google and, uh, i'm reading it and then by the time i finish my blah blah he says great write it up let's do it wow. and i hung up the phone and it i the best thing i know zip will like this this was like the moment <laughs> when when jake and elwood walk into the church and they see james brown you know, and, <laughs> yeah, the, right. and then the, the light and i was light. like yeah. yeah i was like this is it <laughs> you know, because because I did the math in my head, and I'm going to freak you out a little bit. I know it's not quite up to the old 
Bob Rivers' salary, but but this salary was going to be six hundred and fifty thousand base for the first year, and a headhunter gets I won't say how much I got that time, but X percentage of that. Right. And then I thought because I used to run CBS Radio and I I used to work for Moonves. Who and by the way, may, we, may he here. rest in hell. Yeah. I don't think <laughs> Les will. I don't. I, I don't think Les will be listening to the Bob Rivers, the oh, Bob no. and Zip and and spike oh, and everybody but but may he rest in hell and and i thought well wait a minute if i place that one guy then i only need to do that like once or twice a year and yeah. and that's more money than that devil paid me to kill myself for, you know <laughs> 20 hours a day you know oh, oh. i should so uh, that's, uh, that's uh, the how the headhunting yeah. started you know the aside and, and i wanted it, to mention is not only was rob barnett the program director of bob and zip at waaf uh and i believe you oversaw maybe you weren't there when we got offered a job out of town and helped us make more money but you helped us make pretty good money but mm. but rob barnett was also the president of programming of CBS radio at the time when we were at KZOK and CBS basically backed up the truck and paid us. And, <laughs> and so you had been I put in, I put in a few good words. You, yes. well, you did more than that. Um, <laughs> but you had been empowering people in their jobs, your whole career. And big time. Yeah, big time. Big time. And yeah, and I know you did the same. Uh, you were involved with VH1, some amazing hires. And you, I'm again, I'm not going to name drop, you know, Jimmy Kimmel or, uh, you know, Bob Dylan or Bruce Springsteen or all your friends. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but you, isn't this what you've been doing your whole life anyway? Yes. I, I, I would say, and this is probably true of you beautiful people, we all watched a little too much television and we all listened to a little too much radio and a little too much music. And, and so I feel like that's always been my oxygen. And I did have this idea early, early on that I was wanted to be, I never felt like I was talent. Like you guys are talent. I always felt like I worship talent. I wanted to get to know them. I wanted to work with them. And, and yes, I, I wanted to find the ones that I felt not just I could help, but I'm going to use a really weird word right now. I feel like talent has to be protected because most management sucks and most management doesn't respect talent. And when the door is closed, senior management talks about, you know, talent in the worst ways possible and frankly they also sometimes talk about the audience in the worst mm. way possible but i i think about you know people like you know who comes to mind right now i saw les paul before he passed and he would play every monday night at this little yes. club in new york Jazz spot, yeah. yep and 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 when he would finish the late show at whatever o'clock in the morning he would go out to the bar area outside the music performance part of the club and he would you know it was like 90 years old and he would wait there till every single fan got the handshake the kiss wow. on the cheek the autograph the picture the stupid story the dumb question about how do you do this and how do you do that till the last person went home and i thought well there's a few artists I've met in my life that treat their fans that way. 
there's some fans that know exactly how to treat the artists that they love and give them the privacy they need and all that. But when it comes to management, and this here's a tease, I think this will be my second book, most people <laughs> hate their bosses. Most people, you know, because I think the bosses have this terrible disrespect for what got them there in the first place, which if we're talking about media, is talent and the audience, you know, so, so, so I felt like that was something that I wanted to always do, which is kind of wedge in between you guys and the suits and, and, and just try to keep the freak flag flying as much as possible <laughs> before somebody goes, Hey, can you guys be funnier? Can you guys be, you know, more of this and less of that? And, you know, I feel like the biggest decision management should make is who to hire. And then, like when when I hired Kimmel and Corolla, and I was I was I was so CBS. hoping you dropped those names. By the way, <laughs> well, well, well this, this yeah. is this is the point. This is the point. Okay, yeah. Adam was going to take the chair in the L.A. station, KLSX, right? And right. and and they had their own local management, but since that was my hire. And Adam was a radio guy, and he had great experience. Mm -hmm. I said, "Look, I'm sorry." But for six months, you're going to leave them alone because ah. they have to find their voice. They have to find this show and no air checks, no interrupts, no walking in. Like, let them create this. Don't micromanage them. And they hated me for it, you know, but I knew I was right. And, um, yeah, Jimmy Kimmel to this day, of course. You can't micromanage him, by the way. He says what he wants, and yeah. his audience and, loves him for it. And by right. the way, he did the same thing when he went to television. He never had stand-up experience. He learned to do stand-up on television. Mm. It's amazing. Yes. So, uh, next job, best job. Who's it for? And um, uh, everyone should buy it, but, but give me the basic premise of what the experience of reading it is going to be like for me. Well... I think there's a three-part journey that the book takes any reader on who feels either that they're frustrated and seriously stuck out of work or that they're in a job knowing deep down, and especially when the alarm clock goes off, Ugh. that it's not the job they really want. Mm -hmm. And so the three steps to go through that journey are step one, you got to get through all this pain and angst and agony and defeatist thinking and listening to all the voices telling you about why you're to this or you're to that or you can't get back in. I mean, it, it you know, I don't want to go to the darkest reason why I wrote the book, but I lost my brother not that long ago. And, and just to speak briefly about it, you know, I have the experience of seeing people in my family more than my brother just completely lose all sense of mission, purpose, confidence. And so I've always felt like I've got to, I ain't going down. You know, I'm not going down. I got to figure out how to manage all those demons. I call them in the book, I call them the no police. You know, they get into your head and go, you can't get a morning show anymore because you blah, blah, blah. You know, all this stuff. And, and by the way, I have to say this, because this is of all the things that have ever happened to me. And yes, we put the Rolling Stones in a tiny little club. Bob Dylan gave me permission to put something in this book that um, I don't want to give away. I really want to force people to 
buy the book and hear what Bob has to say. <laughs> and when that's does the book the come out? That, that's what the publisher told me I had to say. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, oh, okay. Well, the book the book is going to be in everybody's hands by the time they hear this. It's, okay. it's here. It's now. It's out. Um, okay. But, yeah. Um, but, but you know, the, the point of, of what Bob has always said, and Keith Richards, who's also got a story in the book, th- there's, there's, there's so much power in A, getting over the pain, B, figuring out who it is you really are and what you really want to do the most. And then, yes, the book gets somewhat prescriptive with a whole lot of exactly how to do it in the third part of the book. Everything from how do you nail the perfect job interview? How do you negotiate a deal where you get the most possible success out of that deal? Um, you know, how do you skip past all the HR gatekeeping bozos <laughs> piss off some people in your audience um, okay. and, and, and get to the one person in charge because there's only one person making the hiring decision and, and in yeah. all seriousness about HR because I bitch about them all the time right now we need them to take care of our health and welfare and you know remote work and computers and mental health care and family leave and real estate problems. I mean, HR's got their hands full. They're not the best recruiters. That's why people should get a headhunter in inside companies because headhunters are focused on only one thing, which is getting you the perfect person, you know? So, so the book can, you know, in the end be something that I hope lasts a long time because it gives people some very specific advice about how to go through that journey and, and fight all the, you know, all the problems with it. I mean, we tell people to never upload a cold resume on a stupid job site ever again, because it's a total waste of time. If, if you don't have, and yes, I'm coming to you live from New Jersey. But if you don't have, if you don't have a Sopranos like person, vouching for you calling up saying hey zip you know i need you to do me a favor okay you you gotta you gotta interview this guy bob you gotta talk to this guy right because if yeah ed you can help him with the sopranos part hey zip do me a favor i need you to to call this asshole and tell him he needs to hire my friend over here okay i'm just saying and if you don't i got friends uh, you know, let's just say, how do you think? How do you feel about some orange roughies served face down in a bowl of gravy? <laughs> uh, next job, best job, uh, Headhunters: Eleven Strategies to Get Hired. By the way, one of the guys I think is like one of the best self-help guys, uh, great philosopher, is a guy named Seth Godin. Here's what he wrote about the book: This generous and useful book strips away the shame and fear from a job search. And can help you get past the resume and see a better way forward. That's cool. Seth yeah, Godin. He's a great guy. I like yeah. that. All right, Rob. He's a great uh, the book guy. is. Uh, and guys. by the way, I'm, I'm looking at the book on Amazon. So yeah, you can order it. Uh, not bad. Audiobook six ninety five. Do you still you still on good terms with Amazon? Are they going to send you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm your ruthless. You know that, right? <laughs> Are they going to send you some of that or? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I I. I, I have to tell you the truth. The the book publisher 
called me up and said, all right, ready to do the audio book. I go, oh, Audible? And they go, nope, we made a deal with another company. So it's through a company called Recorded Books. Oh. And uh, they were fantastic. Mm. Did you but, uh, do the read but they just, yourself? Yeah, I, I did it. Yeah. yeah. Which, by the way, have you guys done this? Have you guys done audio books? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. It was hard. It was it hard. It is hard. Yeah. It's very I, I, you know, I've been a broadcaster since 1927. I'd never done that. And that was Different a heavy animal. lift. Different it was really animal. different, yeah. Yeah, yeah all together. Rob, uh, now he called you Champ, right? I didn't said Champ. Chief. Chief. Oh, okay. <laughs> Champ was his dog. Okay, it's I'm the one that calls him Champ. Okay, <laughs> don't steal my moniker, you son of a bitch. Right. <laughs> Next hey, job. Guess who's guess yeah. whose podcast I did the other day? I think it's coming out this week. Now, who? Joey Pants. <laughs> Joey Pants. That's right. <laughs> Who needs another 90-minute podcast? All right. Uh, Next job, best job. Uh, Just remember that phrase. Next job, best job. It's on Amazon. Rob, thank you very much. Uh, You got to come back, too. Promise you'll come back. Oh, my God. It's so great to to talk with you guys. Hey, you know what? Let's just end on this. Uh, I just had a thing pop up on Facebook. This is six years from the day that we reunited everyone at WAAF for one of the world's greatest reunions. It was exactly six years ago. I mean, I'm losing all sense of time, but just for people who are listening, we took this on as a mission, and instead of a crappy little reunion, I believe we got 85 people was the number that was in my head. Is that what you guys remember? Uh, Something like that, yeah. I mean, it was close to 100 people yeah. that, that used to work together in the 80s at one of the greatest rock radio stations on the face of the earth. And that was such a great night. And, oh, my God, I think about it all the time. It's great. Yeah, it was great. All right. uh, and it led to the launching of this um, very long podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, be well. Bless you. Take care. Love you guys. Bye. See ya. See you, Rob. My friend, we cannot keep this a secret any longer. Bob and Zip. Remember this golden classic. Playing the hits of yesteryear just for you. You would not believe what happened to me the other day. I'm telling you, it's unbelievable, man. Me and some buddies were getting together, you know, hanging out at Chico's car. We decided to get away. Wait, I tell you, but listen, here's what happened, okay? Pedro wanted to move to East LA. You know, he smuggled his friends across to the USA. He ran a roadblock on the way, hit the gas, and we started to flee. He said, hey, man. Let's lead the cops on a wild ride. I said, hey, man, let's ditch the truck down in Riverside. All right, you know. I mean, it seemed like a pretty good idea at the time, you know. Fall over so we can beat you senseless. Captain must have needed a vacation. He bottles up his tensions and frustrations. He took batting practice on our heads. He must have got up on the wrong side of the bed. I said, oh, man, I took a whack on the backside, you know? He said, hey, Chico, here's a whack from the U.S. side. Then he pinned me down with his boot, ba-boot, boot, ba-boot, boot, his boot, 
His boot is big black boot, you know, with the heel on it and it comes in on my back and stuff. I said, ah, oh, man, ease up a little, okay? Don't shoot, don't shoot man. Don't shoot, this look like I'm resisting arrest to you? I mean, let's talk about it. I mean, how much more down on the ground do I gotta get, you know? Jeez, I'm halfway to China now, man. Yeah, but then this really, something really screwy happened. Check this out. Pedro was making his break between the trees. And I was taking a nightstick across the knees. Hey, but they caught it all on video. And now it's gonna cost him a lot of dough, man. I said, see? I got a whack on the US side. I said, hey, Mr. Cameraman, get a shot of my good side, huh? So that way I can sue, 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 sue. Hey, I'm on a sue. I'm gonna get a lot of money. It's like I'm eating the lotto, you know? Hey, they should have learned from the last guy. Rodney King, Rodney King, Rodney King, man, you know? Hey, can we all just get along, you know? Is this too much to ask? Ow, ooh, ooh, ow, ooh, ow, man, he, he's up a little bit, okay? Ow, ow, ooh, jeez, man. What did they send you to school for that stuff, man? You know, you should play for the Dodgers, man. They could use a guy with a swing like that. Hey, does anybody got Johnny Cochran's phone number, man? Yeah, I take Shapiro's, it don't matter.